Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hit it! Chumps for Trump! That's what we are, apparently. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. One Ledger man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Stop tape. Did you see that? He got the, there is no controversy out before I could even say, stop the tape. (laughs) So here we have a guy who's been uh, hanging out in his library for many months now, and he's out with a mask on, and there's one reporter 500 yards away with a mask on, asking the question about his son, and before the guy can even get the question out, These reporters are so intimidated by these political stars. It drives me nuts. Why is it that this guy, you know, he's trying to do his job, albeit he's failing at his job, because he should very nicely say, excuse me, Mr. Former Vice President. Excuse me, Mr. Former Senator. Excuse me, Mr. Joe Bite Me. That's not my term. The United States military... Uh, used to call Joe Biden and some members of the military, Joe bite me. So excuse me, Joe bite me. But where I was raised and how I was raised and by whom I was raised, what you are doing, Mr. Former Vice President, is rude. And you need to allow me to finish my sentence. Instead, we have this reporter. I don't know who he is. I just see the back of his head. He's got his mask on and the, and, and, and the back of his suit. Nice kind of gray suit. Would Joe bite me standing there with a mask on in front of Biden-Harris signs? And clearly, he's ready for this question. Let's, let's back this up, shall we, Mr. News? Back it up and let's play it again from the top. Roll tape. Okay, now, Mr. Boyd, if I can, sure. questions of controversy continue today about Hunter Biden, your son's Stop tape. He beat me again. <laughs> questions and controversy. So he's loaded right there. Joe Biden's loaded. He probably doesn't own a firearm, but he's loaded right there. Both barrels. Questions and controversy. Bam, he's ready. And as soon as the reporter gets Hunter Biden out of his mouth, there is no controversy. There is no controversy. 
There's a sex tape out there that's clearly Hunter Biden. I've seen it. I've seen it. I went on the Chinese whatever. I have a friend who's uh, Chinese, raised in Indonesia, and I sent her the the Chinese characters or whatever they're saying, and I... And she said, I don't read Chinese. <laughs> I don't read Mandarin. <laughs> so, uh, but you know what? You don't need uh, Mandarin or Cantonese, whatever it was. Uh, you don't need English. You can clearly see what's going on on this tape. And you know what? Everybody has a right to their privacy and, and doing stuff. But I, I think at least part of what he's doing on this sex tape is illegal. Uh, smoking crack, last I heard, unless you're in the District of Columbia, is illegal, right? I think it still is. Uh, And I don't really care about this stuff. The only thing I care about vis-a-vis Hunter Biden and this sex tape, I care a lot about how he was a key player in the Biden crime family and, and funneling millions of dollars, apparently, to his daddy, the big guy, the chairman, Pops, gets 50%. Uh, I care very much about that because that seems to me a violation of the emoluments clause. You know, it's funny. If, if you look at... Uh, somebody brought this up the other day. They, they didn't quite articulate it the way I'm going to articulate it. But virtually everything the Democrats accuse President Trump and or Republicans writ large of, they're guilty of. It's an incredible, incredible feat that they have pulled out Russian collusion, um, uh, um, violations of campaign laws, um, uh, you know, accusing people of or politicians, President Trump included, of violating the United States Constitution. No, they're, they're guilty of all that ad nauseum for decades now. And now we have... Um, the Hunter Biden situation and the Joe Biden crime family seems to me that this is a violation of the emoluments clause. They are taking gifts. Joe Biden's taking gifts as vice president of the United States to curry favor. They're giving him money to curry favor on whatever they want. It's why Joe Biden is so soft on China. It's because of his relationship through Hunter Biden and and, and all the millions of dollars that were funneled to him. So it seems to me that Joe Biden is in violation of the Emoluments Clause and not the President of the United States. Certainly not Donald Trump. Operating a hotel is not a violation of the emoluments clause because somebody from Russia happens to spend the night there. <laughs> Even if Vladimir Putin spent a night at Trump Hotel in, in Washington, D.C. or wherever, it's not a violation of the emoluments clause. Some Japanese guy who plays 18 holes at Trump National in Southern California and, and plops down, what is it? I don't know. What's it to play pebble these days? Last I thought, I, I think it was like 300 but that was whew, years ago. It's probably $500 to play 18 at, at Pebble now. It's probably 500 to play um, Trump National. 
So some Japanese guy that plops down $500 to play 18 at Trump National. By the way, you pay $500, whether you're Japanese or American or Peruvian, you better get your money's worth. I'm talking hit three balls off the tee, money's worth. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'd use a white ball, a pink ball, and a purple ball. And I would play three balls. And I don't care what the people behind me would be saying. But anyway, I digress. The bottom line is the Japanese guy putting $500 down to play 18 at Trump National in Southern California is not a violation of the emoluments clause. But here, Joe Biden being funneled millions of dollars, a $5 million forgivable loan from some shell company set up by the Chinese government, the communist Chinese government, a $5 million forgivable loan. To translate, for you folks who who don't speak uh, this kind of economic ease, that's basically a gift. A forgivable loan means, hey, you're going to walk away from this thing. It's not exactly like if you went to your local bank and you said, hey, I need a, a loan uh, on my house for $100,000. It's not going to be forgivable. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're in Joe Biden's America. I, I'm sure that one's coming down the pike with him. By the way, you know, this notion that he's going to lower the um, age requirement for Medicare from 65 to 60, that's going to... Imagine how many millions, tens of millions of people will now go on to Medicare. How many people, I don't know what the population number is between 60 and 65, but it's got to be tremendous, especially with all the baby boomers out there, right? It's going to overwhelm the system. It's going to cloward piven Medicare. And so what, and this may be by design, just like elements of Obamacare overwhelmed the system. So if this happens, Medicare goes bust even faster. We know the actuaries on Medicare is, is going to go bust in fewer than 10 years. You all of a sudden drop the minimum age requirement from 65 to 60. It's going to be instant. And so overwhelming the system by design is, is what Joe Biden and the modern Democrat Party stands for. They want to over, they want to collapse it. So they can come in and say, oh, look, you need government's help. But government created the problem. That's okay. Government's here to the rescue. What was it that Ronald Reagan used to say? Hi, I'm here from the government. I'm here to help. Those were the words that Ronald Reagan said are the most chilling. Uh, If he were alive today to see what's going on now, um, I I know that he would uh, be quite upset. He'd be quite upset, especially when it comes to the the deficit spending that we're doing ostensibly over the coronavirus. More on that in, in, in just a minute, the corona, uh, the president weighing in on it. But here's Joe Biden. This was um, uh, a five-second question, and the answer goes a minute long. Roll time. It's all right. It's a flat lie because the president has nothing else to run on. If you notice, while American people are talking about what's happening to their families, he has no plan. And Stop tape. So... So if I was the reporter, I'd say, excuse me, uh, again, uh, Mr. Former Vice President, it's a flat-out lie. What? What is the lie? Hmm? What is the lie? And by the way, 
This weasel answer that he gives on fracking, same thing. If the reporters were worth their weight in salt, they would say, well, excuse me, uh, uh, Mr. Forbes, former vice president, you say you're going to ban fracking on federal land. There's a lot of federal land out there. And there's probably a lot of federal land that has uh, oil in it, underneath it, below it, part of it, whatever. So first of all, Mr. Former Vice President, that's potentially a lot of oil and a, and a lot of land we're talking about here, right? The biggest landholder in the world is the United States government. And I'm not terribly happy about that, but it is what it is right now. So that's one. Two, why would you ban it on federal land? What is the difference if... If the vast majority of property in this country is held by the government, that means you're excluding the vast majority of the land from fracking. Why? What's the difference between federal land, government-owned land, and private? Is there some sort of difference underneath there? What, what is the difference? And tell me why that's so, so significant. It's not. It, it is a significant amount of potential oil, and it's a significant amount of property, but it's a sig- insignificant and weasel way out of the issue. And the media is letting them wiggle off the hook on that by saying, oh, well, I, I just meant banning on federal land. So that's banning fracking. That's what the media should be saying to him. A ban on fracking is a ban on fracking. I don't care whether it's public or private land, Mr. Former Vice President. But he goes on. Roll tape. The baby has no plan. Everything from the Wall Street Journal over every other major news outlet has said what he's been saying is simply not true about my Stop tape. Roll tape. My son. But it's Stop tape. It's not Donald Trump that's saying this stuff about your son. It's me. And it's about 100 million other Americans. There's 100 million who are, have their head in the sand and they, they don't want any knowledge of Hunter Biden scamming the American people along with his daddy. And then there's another 100 million that don't even have a clue what we're talking about. But there is about 100 million Americans. These are the ones who are engaged, who understand what's going on here and what went on here. And that Joe Biden was selling influence. And it wasn't just the $5 million forgivable loan from China. We have this $3 million gift from the former mayor of Moscow's wife. And we have, of course, Barista. And uh, sitting on the board of directors of that company. And the, the boards of directors of other companies, Hunter Biden did. Because his daddy was vice president of the United States. Because his daddy allowed him to ride on Air Force Two to China and wherever else. Because his daddy carpet bombed the environment so that Hunter Biden could come in there with his blitzkrieg and seal the deal, baby. So he could fund his crack addiction. And his prostitutes and whatever else he was doing on this videotape. I don't know and I don't care. But here we have Joe Biden again avoiding the question A and B lying 
lying to the American people, lying to these reporters, and he cuts off the reporter rudely and unacceptably before the reporter can even get the question out. Maybe he was saying, hey, there's been a lot of controversy about your son, Hunter Biden, but he's really a nice guy, isn't he? He couldn't even get the question out. He couldn't even get the question out. If I was here interviewing Joe Biden, it would, I would lay it out. I would lay out everything I just said there. And I would say, you need to prove to me that you did not violate the emoluments clause of the United States Constitution, that you did not sell your power, that you did not receive and cash in on that $5 million forgivable loan from the Chinese government, indirectly, but it's certainly from the Chinese government, you need to prove to me. You can't just dismiss it by saying it's not true. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Look, the mainstream media is not going to do it. Journalism is, is dead. The mainstream media is not going to do its job here. But we can. And we can keep digging. And the fact that this sex tape was released, it's not a big deal in the scheme of things, but it does tell me that people are still digging around out there on that hard drive and they're digging around for more information. And that's exactly what we need to do. We all need to be our own little 60 minutes and, and do some journalistic enterprising here and keep getting the word out. Keep getting the truth out because the mainstream media is not going to do it. In fact, they're going to try and wipe it out just like we've seen on Twitter. And just like we've seen on Facebook, you post something. I'm sure that sex tape was posted on social media all over the place. It has been um, knocked out. And I know a friend of mine said that he, he didn't post the tape. It's just something about it. Bam, he was suspended from Facebook for seven days. That's what they're attempting to do here. They're attempting to they being the mainstream media and big tech social media are attempting to silence the truth whitewash reality don't let the american people know about hunter biden and joe biden and the joe biden crime family so that joe biden is elected the 46th president of the united states and he goes on with this reporter roll tape it's classic trump classic trump stop tape so you get the point here the point is he's trying to blame donald trump for the stories out there and and the facts that are out there about his son, Hunter Biden. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has everything to do with you and me and spreading the word. Hey, listen, whether you want to see that sex tape or not, it's Hunter Biden. I sent it to a Democrat friend of mine, uh, a link to it. And she said, well, is that really him? <laughs> Come on. I, you know, certain parts of his anatomy, I have no clue, but I can recognize his face and he's smoking stuff, maybe smoking cigarettes, maybe he's smoking crack. I don't know, but that's Hunter Biden. And so it's important, not the sex tape, who cares? And this is hardly an October surprise. And it's not surprising at all that Hunter Biden is cashing in and living the, the high life. And he sounds like a miserable soul. And some people have speculated that he's actually trying to take out his dad's presidential campaign. Well, he's not doing a very good job of it because he's not coming clean with the mainstream media. Wouldn't that be something? 
If between now and the election, Hunter Biden says, yeah, 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 I got to get this off my chest. And he really does want to torpedo his dad's campaign. Yeah, you know what? We, we did have a, a crime family and it was a wonderful operation. And that's how I got on Barista. That's how I got on the boards of directors of all these companies. That's how I got all these forgivable loans and all this money. Because my daddy was vice president of the United States and he opened the door for me. And yeah, Pops took 50%. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? We have to deal with the reality that the mainstream media is not going to report the Hunter Biden story. We also have to make it very simple for those who are on the fence, and I don't understand anybody who is, and maybe those who are Democrats who haven't really thought about things this way. There is a picture out there of uh, the the latest rally, or one of the latest rallies uh, for Donald Trump, of three nuns uh, in their habits, and they're holding Bibles, and uh, they got um, MAGA masks. <laughs> it's a cute shot. Uh, and they are right by, this was an event, I guess, in, in Ohio. Uh, and they're right behind the president at the rally there. Um, and it reminded me of something that I've said, and I'll say it again, because I think it's very important. Not only does God have a plan for this president, But if you vote for Joe Biden, and frankly, just about any other Democrat out there, and I don't know every Democrat running for every office, I don't pretend to know, but I do know the vast majority are all on the same page, whether it's so-called climate change or deficit spending or Obamacare. But on one singular issue and one issue alone, if you vote Democrat, you are voting against your God and your religion, no matter really what the religion is. As I don't know a single religion, bona fide religion, that supports abortion. Now, there may be a sect, I don't know, of some wacko break-off calling itself Christian Church that supports abortion. could be the church, the Christian United Church of Abortion, for all I know. But we all know in our hearts, and we all know the truth, and that is, it is an oxymoron to say that you are, quote, pro-choice, which is pro-abortion, and say you're a Christian or a practicing Jew, or a Muslim, for that matter. You can not be both. You are either bound by the scripture and the Bible, which is all about life and protecting life. It is the key tenet of the Jewish religion. And it's the key tenet of individual salvation. Without without life, there is no individual salvation. You vote Democrat, which again, now there may be a Democrat out there who's pro-life, I don't know. You vote Democrat by and large. You are voting pro-abortion, pro-death, pro-murder, and you are voting against God. It's that simple. God has a plan. For Donald Trump, he is here for a reason. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, 
Maybe the reason is because he is the most pro-life president since 1973. We didn't have to worry about this prior to 1973. But he is the most pro-life president. God bless you, Ronald Reagan. Pro-life president since 1970, since Roe versus Wade, since abortion was legitimized and legalized in this country, uniformly, if you will. Donald Trump is here maybe to save babies' lives more than anything else. And I want to give you some information that may make you feel good um, in terms of the polling. Because, you know, you, you listen to this polling, it's all over the map. He's leading in Arizona. He's not leading in Arizona. Florida's a toss-up. Florida's leading Trump. Florida's leading Biden. When we look at the overall, I, I go to Investors Business Daily, IBD for information. You look at some of the drill down polls, they're all trending in the right direction. Job approval for the president. Presidential leadership index trending positive, way positive. Quality of life. There was a poll out about 2 weeks ago that asked, are you better off today than you were 4 years ago? 64% of Americans said yes, they're better off. This IBD Quality of life poll, it's at or near the high for the year, nearing 60% say they have a good quality of life. 64% better off than four years ago in the middle of a pandemic. 60% now saying the quality of life is, hey, it's pretty good. Our standing in the world, this is an interesting one. It's up a whopping 34.8% uh, in just the last month alone. Um, it is now over 50%. Over 50% of Americans believe that our standing in the world is improved, Joe Biden, if you're keeping score at home. Um, another interesting uh, tidbit here. When it's been asked by pollsters about whether people are going to vote by mail, the answer is 50-50 overall, nationally. 50% saying, yep, they're going to vote by mail. 50% saying, no, they're going to go down to the polls. It's interesting. The Generation Zs and the Millennials, you know, anybody under the age of like 35, um, Somewhere in the neighborhood of, let's put it this way, it's a majority. Somewhere in the neighborhood of nearly 60% of the Gen Zs and and um, millennials say they're going to vote by mail, which is fascinating to me because, you know, having a millennial in my life, my daughter, and a, a surrogate millennial, my uh, surrogate daughter, um, I know that they don't even know what a mailbox is. I, you know, I love you to death, hon, but you, you guys, you know, it's not their thing. Instagram and Snapchat and texting, that's still their thing. But going down to the mailbox and filling out the ballot and then sticking it back in the mail, that's not their thing. So it's fascinating to me that the majority of millennials and Gen Z say they're going to mail in their ballot when they don't even know how to find it. To me, this is the weak 
link here. And the travesty, the travesty about this entire mail-in ballot scheme, and this is exactly why the Democrats wanted to go to this, uh, because it's corrupt, first of all, and easy to corrupt when you have mail-in ballots. But also things can happen between now and Election Day that could change people's minds. For example, the president has now come out, and remember, he's privy to information that we're not. He's apparently been talking to the Atlanta Fed, saying, and they're saying, that the gross domestic product for quarter three could come in at a a whopping number. Are you sitting down? Because you need to sit down for this one. 35%. (laughs) Now, that's a year-over-year number, as my good friend Thomas Landstreet reminded me in Tennessee. Okay, Tom. But 35% gross domestic product? That would be the largest in United States, maybe world history. And so imagine you have 60 million Maybe 70 million people, maybe 80. You know, somewhere in the neighborhood of well over a third of Americans will have cast their vote already on November 1st, I guess, maybe. November 2nd, we're going to get this GDP number. 35%? Are you kidding me? That is huge. That, that, that would be a game changer. How many of those... 60 million, 70 million, 80 million Americans who've cast their ballots already would want to pull it back. Would want to say, hey, now wait a minute. This guy has brought us back from a depression. 35% gross domestic product. And the president is right. And I predicted this back in March, late March, early April, that once the election is over, the dynamic and the, the uh, government response, largely blue states, but a lot of red states, a lot of red state governors got hoodwinked into this. Suddenly, the dynamic is going to change. And the president alluded to this um, at a rally. I think this one was in uh, Wisconsin. Roll tape. We've got to bring our country, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. What do they have in common, right? North Carolina, Democrat governors. Stop tape. Yep. Radical Democrat governors. California, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, and of course the nutcase in Michigan. Roll tape. Who want to keep watch? Watch on November fourth. On November fourth, they'll all announce you're open for business. Stop tape. Yeah, I hope that that's the truth. Now, I have said this facetiously, but I have said it seriously too, and I, I firmly believe that the dynamic is just going to change. Overnight in some cases. Now, in California, uh, you have a governor who is a radical Marxist, but he's also now he's he's a victim of the sunk cost theory of economics. Sunk cost is basically you've got so much capital invested in something that you can't walk away from it. And so I believe that even though uh, Lord God... Newsom now says that the 49ers and almost said the Raiders, they're gone. The 49ers and the Chargers and the Rams can now play before a live audience. Oh, thank you, Lord Governor. 
Thank you so much. You are so benevolent. I'm the president. You are so... Thank you, Lord Newsom, for allowing the 49ers to have live bodies in their stadium in Santa Clara. But I believe that states like California and the people who live in California are going to be in for a rude surprise. There's not going to be a light bulb switch off after the election because of the sunk cost. And I don't think you're going to see it in Illinois either, where you have that nutcase mayor in Chicago doubling down. We're going to... It's the dark days of winter 2020 that are coming, they keep telling us. It's a virus. And the virus spreads up and down, up and down, up and down, because that's what viruses do. And no matter how much Dr. Fauci wants us to all wear masks, even though he knows they're useless, no matter how much you spray surfaces, even though there's not, not, not one single known documented case of the Wuhan coronavirus being transmitted from an inanimate object to a human being, no matter how much you social distance, even though that was based on a sophomore in high school's science project and nothing more, nothing less, no matter how much you lock down, even though the World Health Organization said, no, wait a minute, you know, maybe locking people down is not the greatest idea in the world since they're committing suicide and they're losing their businesses and they're stocking up on toilet paper and rice. Even though you have all of this going on, even though all the evidence is saying this is a virus and politicians and Dr. Fauci and the rest of them have no control over it, there's going to be a large percentage of this country, unfortunately, in blue states that are going to go down with the ship and our economy is going to continue to go down with it and people's lives are going to continue to be ruined. So if the President of the United States is reelected, the environment will change. Uh, I believe we'll see a little more life pumped into the system, but he can only do so much in our federal system. If Joe Biden is elected, God forbid, then you might see the light switch effect because they will have achieved their nefarious goal. And there's no reason for Newsom and Cuomo to strangle the economy and strangle people's lives anymore. They will have accomplished their goal. Now, if the president wins, then there's really no reason for them to strangle either except to punish uh, Donald Trump and not give him the, uh, quote, satisfaction of a healthy economy. But in reality, of course, it's we the people who deserve the healthy economy. The ledger register this week is very simple. Uh, who's going to win the election? Um, the results coming in right now are pretty much one-sided, both on uh, GrahamLedger.com, which is where you can uh, answer the question, or you can go to the Zip app uh, on your phone. 
uh, who will win the 2020 presidential election. I'll just tell you that the uh, results are overwhelming in one direction. Um, and by the way, if you like this, uh, if you're watching this deep into the podcast, then you must like it. Please share the links to these podcasts, actually to the uh, YouTube page. Uh, if you're listening on audio, uh, share it, please, you know, whether it's Apple or, or Stitcher or however you're listening on audio. Uh, if you're watching on Rumble, same thing, share it. Because what you're, yours truly is trying to do here is build an audience, uh, not unlike some other podcasters have done, so I can keep doing this. I mean, if we can't monetize this in a proper way, then um, it's going to be difficult to keep doing this. So if you like it, share it. You don't have to give me a dime. Just hit forward. Just just share it. Um, and by the way, I'm going to uh, be talking about after the election um, how to fix California. I do have a plan for California. Um, you may not care about California because you're in Texas or in Florida, but oftentimes as California goes, the rest of the country goes. So you should care. You have to care because California is a cancer and that cancer can and will spread unless we control it and mitigate it. And I have a plan, and it's based on the Constitution. Not the federal Constitution, but the California Constitution. Also, I'm going to have some um, merchandise for sale soon, hopefully, um, if we can get this running on Amazon. Um, it's um, I'll give you a little preview. It's something that you would use in a car if the um, sun is shining very brightly. So that's, that's your hint. That's your hint. And remember, um, we are, just like uh, Hillary said, we were uh, deplorables, fine, whatever. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes for the constitutional candidate to be triumphant on November 3rd, November 4th, November 5th, whenever the hell it's going to be, uh, whatever it takes, now we're chumps. Fine. Chumps for Trump! This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress, thank you for listening. I am Graham Ledger, and remember, if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. <laughs>